Hello and welcome to irishracing.com for another edition of our form scan show. Massive weekend ahead this week in the Dublin Racing Festival, of course. Eight grade ones over two days. Delighted to be joined for a preview by Johnny Ward. Um, supposed to be joined by JJ Slevin, but he had connection issues. But Johnny is a great deputy to get in. Johnny, are you looking forward to the big weekend ahead? It's going to be class, Emma. Yeah, like it's um, obviously Willie Mullins has massive entries across the grade ones, but they're, they run against each other. We had that controversy around Gaelic Warrior where he was going to run. He's met the race on um, Sunday, uh, possibly the race of the weekend. I'm really looking forward to seeing Marine Nationale. Um, I think the best bet of the weekend might be in one of the handicaps, but it's class weekend. It's, it's fitted in perfectly into the calendar. Can't wait. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting one because, like, looking through it, I was looking at the declarations kind of early this morning, and you can see on HRI how many trainers are being represented in races. Like, and you're kind of seeing in that big two and a half mile race on the Sunday, like before you saw the one, there's two two trainers being represented. You're kind of saying, "Oh, this is shite!" Like, but it's actually going to be one of the best races of the weekend, even though it is just going to be Witty versus um versus Gordon. So yeah, it's massive weekend. Like you were saying, handicaps are kind of juicy to get stuck into as well. So I'd say, look, we'll just try straight into it. Um. Starting the Saturday, I suppose, with the, the opening grade one of the cars, Nathaniel Lacey won last year, of course, by uh, Goodland, who went on to run well in the Ballymore. An interesting field here, I suppose. Predators Gold looks the first string for Willie, um, stepping up in trip. Lock Glenn stepping back in trip. They're two very talented horses. I kind of, I'm kind of finding it hard to split these two. Um, what, what's your opinion on this one, Johnny? Yeah, like Paul Townend would have had some tough choices this weekend. And uh, this race is one in which it mightn't be that clear where Predator's Gold uh, fits in relative to Dance and City. I will be Bay and uh, Lachlan. And to be fair to Predator's Gold, I thought he excelled himself here the last day behind Caldwell Potter. That was a race notable for a horse. I'd be talking about maybe later on the sense of Daddy Longlegs. He was pulled up. The ground was very bad. But Predator's Gold went through. Um, he went through from the last to the line very well. He's a short enough price, but I, I'd imagine Paul probably is on the best one here. You know, he beat Mossy Finn Bark like a very good horse at Punchdown the time before. Uh, look good in his bumper. Um, I think for his lack of experience last year, that was an excellent run. Patrick Mullins rode him. I thought he was going to win jump the last, um, but he just couldn't quite reel in the the, the winner on very testing ground. Um, and I'd have respect for um, Jatara as well, the mayor rare runner for Jessica Harrington this weekend, but I'd be with Predators Golden in, in race one. Yeah, it's kind of varying profiles for the two. Like, I suppose, like you were saying, Predator's Gold, I know it was very soft ground, but he, in a two-mile grade one, he ran. And then Lock, Lock Glenn was in over three miles in Limerick. I, I thought he was brilliant as well, though. Like, he kind of did everything wrong that day in Limerick, but um, still beat some good horses, I'd say. Obviously, not the choice of Paul Townend, which would be a bit of a negative, but it's, like, it's a very hard job for Paul Townend to, to pick between these horses. Like, even I will be Bay has to be one of the chances as well. Like, beat my trump card in Fairy House. Went on... He went on and frank that form afterwards. So, yeah, plenty here with a chance. But I kind of fancy Predator's Gold as maybe a Ballymore horse. Like, would you be seeing him maybe as more of a three-miler now at this stage? Or I, I think Ballymore, yeah. Like, I mean, the ground was awful the last day. He won the, prior to that at two and a half. Uh, by Mass Marvel, who's basically a staying type on the flat. Um, I would be seeing that. He won't have any issue with, with decent ground as well. Um, and the Ballymore looks quite open at the minute. Um, um, but like I imagine um, sort of whoever wins this will probably be edging towards favourite in it. I don't think you've, I don't think the, the winner of the Supreme is necessarily going to come from this. And yeah, I'd be like you. I think Predator's goal is step up and trip, maybe even three miles in time. So we'll move on to the second race then of the day, the 150. Um... McCann Fitzgerald Spring Juvenile Hurdle, interesting one, like very hard one here for Paul Townend, I'd say. Like he's he's on Storm Heart, six to four favourite for Gigginstown, but he had a choice of some really, really kind of exciting kind of potential juveniles coming up here. Majbra 
one for, for Willie there. Paul probably didn't get the choice, Sam, but a big talking horse from the stable tours. But he had high wind, ethical diamond, bunting, Cargisi there, the mare down the bottom. Um, do you think he made the right choice here? I suppose it was a tough one for him. This is going to be a difficult one, Emma. One of his, you know, particularly two tough choices today, because I'd say in terms of homework, when they're comparing these horses, there might be an awful lot between them. Stormheart's a fascinating horse because he was two to five in his debut, obviously well regarded, really nice um, pedigree as well. But I just at the prices, I think he's probably priced up more on um, riding range than anything else. I'm actually going to go with Ethical Diamond here, and you might think that's mad, but I was at Limerick when he won his maiden. I'm sure he won, he um, cost plenty of money since. And when this horse ran at Leopardstown at Christmas, I thought he'd almost no chance of winning on the ground. It was it was that bad. Um, flatbread horse, albeit by all had hands a bit of an ease, but the ground was atrocious that day. Yet for all of that, he was sent off six to five in a 19 runner race. So if the market were right there and Willie Mullins is right in putting him into a grade one on the basis of his flat form, that went on the, you know, he beat a good horse in Beechwood at Limerick um, for a small if capable yard onto Willie Mullins now 33-1 to 1 Michael O'Sullivan ride and Willie has thrown a lot of darts at this maybe with some Fred Winter kind of um, targets down the line for some of them but I'm going to take a chance at him each way Yeah he was another one I suppose with Madge kind of a talking horse there from the from the stable towards obviously he was a good horse in the flat but Willie was kind of saying kind of earlier in the year that he'd be one of his you know one of his top juvenile hurdle hopes so like you'd imagine putting a line through that run at Christmas he, he should he should kind of maybe outrun his odds here in a way at least I'm kind of being drawn, I suppose, into the hype around Majdra a small bit. Um, we did an interview there with Willie back in October, and he gave him as a dark horse to follow. Um, kind of watch the video if he's winning friends. Like he, Willie described him as kind of not your kind of typical three-year-old. Kind of sounds a bit maybe even like Sargino. Kind of looks like a big chaser more so than than a flat horse that you typically see coming along. But yeah, he'd be very interesting once see how he shapes for it. Obviously, his first one for Willie in a Grade One hurdle which you know probably speaks to what he's showing at home um so yeah he's he's probably the one i'm most looking forward to seeing here but plenty in there with a chance the two males probably deserve a shout as well they ran great races here in the grade two contest at christmas calaconti coming out on top obviously ahead of norborring and Caragasi. but yeah plenty here with a shout really competitive contest um just one of many over the next two days but the 225 maybe a small bit of a disappointment here in the Irish Arkle, not seeing Gaelic Warrior showing up, but he makes up one of the best races on the Sunday, which kind of makes up for it, I suppose. Marine National, four to nine favourites. Um, I suppose the only kind of question mark people might have about him at this stage is the, the tongue strap and the fact he had a wind surgery at the end of last year. Maybe like if you were talking about him versus Basile Vega, maybe the the disparity between them would be a lot closer. Um, if if Basile Vega hadn't flown out like he did at Christmas, do you think there's any chance he can get he can get within anywhere near Marine National, or is this is it kind of as um as much of a walkover as maybe the, maybe the betting suggests? Yeah, the wind up and the tongue tie. Apart from that, no, I I don't see it. Fasil Vega to me. I just don't really trust him, to be honest, at this stage. He bombed out um, at this meeting last year. I thought he was, I mean, he was a one-to-two shot. He finished last the last day. Things might have gone a, get, a bit against him, but um, a lot of these walk-in-the-park horses, for me, they're not necessarily the, the most robust when push comes to shove, and um, he didn't find a great deal again the last day, and he was destroyed at Shelton by Marine National, who's a brilliant jumper of a fence, um, and as four-to-nine shots go, I don't think he's the worst. I wouldn't mind having him in a treble with the, the two hot pots maybe on the Sunday. I can't really see them beaten. You know, it was interesting at Christmas I, I was against him on the ground I thought he was going too hard for much the race I think he probably was but Michael Sullivan let him stride on the horse was so well in himself jumped brilliantly he spoke very well about it in the racing post this week as well um, and he can basically now I think be ridden anyway at all and yeah he just should win this it's a, it's a horse I'm uh, looking forward to seeing most actually to be honest this whole weekend
Yeah, you, you spoke very favorably, favorably about him in our in our review show after the Christmas period, I suppose. Yeah, he looks kind of like a special one, doesn't he? It could be something that goes on and kind of makes that two-mile champion chase division even more exciting next year. But like Vasil Vega to give him any chance for me in a way, the ground has to be a lot softer. It doesn't look like it's going to be soft enough for him at the weekend. I think the forecast is pretty dry. So yeah, looking like probably good, good to soft at best. I think if he's going to have any challenge on Marine National, it would have to be pretty soft ground. But yeah, he's not, he's just not the most reliable type. Um, Willie has held him in very high regard, but he's just very hit and miss. Um, so yeah, it's hard to trust even even at that price. But the next race then is three o'clock. It's a handicap hurdle. Three mile handicap hurdle. Um, Panda Boy, an interesting one, I suppose, for Martin Brazel, JJ Slevin, stepping back to Hurdles Company. Um, one who caught my eye, that was fine margin for Willie Mullins. Ran a massive race there in stable debut in Haydock behind Slate Lane, I think, who was ill-fated afterwards. But yeah, showed, showed a lot that day. Um, should have more to come. I think off a three-pound three higher mark here. Still kind of a young, progressive, lightly raced horse. Looking forward to seeing what he can do here. Do you have any kind of big fancy in this? I like Canal Inn, but I wouldn't say it's necessarily a big fancy. Um, you obviously mentioned um, Willie's horse, who, fine margin, who, like I, I said this a couple of times this week, I couldn't get over how this horse was sent off 22 to 1. He'd been um, joined Willie Mullins from um, Atu Daly, sort of a yard I wouldn't know that much about, but any sort of table switch to Willie Mullins with the break, usually smashed in the market. This was sent off 22 to 1. And probably an absolute mockery of that. So I, I have no idea what was going on with the market there. Maybe the horse isn't straightforward. Who knows? He finished second, obviously, to Slate Lane, as you mentioned, with an injury after race. It was a big run. That was 124 BHA mark. So 127 here will demand a bit more. Um, I do like Canal Inn, though, to be honest. Um, Emma, I, I, I wasn't sure this horse really get the three miles at Navin. Um, I actually thought he did get the three miles on the day. It was very, very windy. It was it was proper heavy ground as well. Um, and he's a horse who, he actually took my eye, first of all, uh, at Leopardstown two Christmas ago when he ran the maiden hurdle. He, he then sort of was quiet enough in maidens, but he, he was well fancy the last day. I like the way he kept at it from the last. He's only a pound higher, a pound higher rather. He's a much bigger price um, at Leopardstown this time. And uh, I think he's plenty of upside. A horse, Peter Faiz had an excellent 2023 going into 2024. Um, and I thought, considering his inexperience at Navin, um, you know, the fact that he sort of found his second win after last, I think he'll be strong at the finish here on the better ground. Interesting one there. Um, colours are do well at this meeting as well, especially in the handicaps, I suppose. But yeah, two, two, two interesting kind of shorter price ones there. I suppose like fine margins probably to mention him again. Like he was, I suppose Crambo being behind him in that in that Haydock hurdle, and just the fact he's in, I think he's entered in the Albert Bartlett kind of just speaks to maybe the ability he might be showing at home. So yeah, we need to take a chance on him. But like just looking through him, there's plenty you can make a chance for. But yeah, a, a nice juicy handicap for for punters to get stuck into. But the three thirty five then is probably the clash that maybe I'm looking most looking forward to over the weekend. Like if you're looking at the prices here, two to five Gallop and Deschamps, eleven to four Faster Slow. It's kind of hard to believe that Faster Slow had come out top the last two times they had met. Um, I I, I do think Gallop and Deschamps will reverse that form though. To be honest, do you think Faster Slow is maybe being a little bit underrated coming into this one? Yeah, well, he's rated twelve pounds below him, like so. That's that's an awful lot to find against a horse who generally, if he's even if he's beaten, he runs very well. Gallop and Deschamps, and I was sort of wary of the run at Leverson at Christmas because I thought, um, you know, could he really have beaten them horses that that well? But Paul, you know, um, 
Jack Kidney said afterwards, Jerry Cologne ran his race, and then you've Capadano winning at Cheltenham. So it's kind of hard to knock what he achieved. Um, having said that, I think at the prices, I'd probably, for having a bet fast or slow, would be my selection. Um, JJ, uh, you know, has been, you mentioned JJ earlier. He's been just talking about the horse's progress since he thought he'd improved from Cheltenham. He, he thought he'd improved this season. He said he has improved since um, punched down the last into John Durkin. Um, and he has beat them the last couple of times. So at the prices, I think he's he's only a seven-year-old gone on eight, but he's actually still improving. Um, he needs to improve to beat Callum Deschamps here, but fa- fascinating tactical race in store. And at the prices, given he's beaten them the last couple of times, and he's probably improving, um, I think I'd have him as a value in, in the match if you wanted to have a bet in it. And just talking tactically there, like you mentioned, do you think that kind of change a gallop and Deschamps, they made him a little bit more aggressive there at Christmas, I suppose. So that's... Is that kind of the key to him? Do you think will they will they go forward with him here again? Only four runners, of course, might be tricky for for Paul Townend. Oh yeah, like I, to be honest, I don't think this will be tricky because I think he can basically in a four runner race he can do whatever the hell he wants. Like it wasn't the case in the Gold Cup last year. He he rode a kind of an obstacle course and they 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 got away with it on the day. It was like an unbelievable bit of um, tactics because just just to to, to do that in the Gold Cup was. So much jumping, um, and the heart and all that was happening up front, um, it was a hell of an achievement from horse and jockey. But I think that you know the last day that that showed that that's not going to be the case going into Cheltenham. I was worried, like I thought he was flat enough at Punchdown in April, um, but then to be beaten again in his return. Having said that, you watch it back, he was staying on quite well over an inadequate trip, and he's really a staying type who jumps very well. Paul Town, it'll he'll either sit first or second here. Yeah, I, I can imagine him bucking out and making all, um, just making the most use of him because when he's running aggressively, he seems to kind of uh, go to another level completely. He like I suppose there was a question about him last year. Maybe he was um, a bit too exuberant even for a Gold Cup trip, but he nearly ended up being too relaxed when they dropped him in. And he maybe in the in the first Punchstown one this year, that might have been a little bit of an excuse for him. But yeah, I, I'm with Gallop and Deschamps. Um, won't be back him at that kind of price, but I just think he he's a level above anything else in the Gold Cup this year. He's just kind of a special kind of an animal. But the 410 then is a Ryanair handicap chase, two mile one. One I kind of fancy here, Solness, look, he's nine to four, short enough price, I suppose. But he has form with plenty of these in here. I think he, he was ahead of a lot of them when he won in um, Fairy House earlier in the year. Ground should suit him as well. I think Joseph has said like he likes a sounder surface and it, it's looking like it'll be nice enough ground in Leopardstown. Pat Darrow, I think, was mentioned by Gavin Cromwell as one of his best chances over the weekend. Now, Gavin doesn't have a whole pile of runners, but um, looks like he, he should have a good shot in this one as well. Is there anything you particularly fancy here? Yeah, I'm actually going to go with Pat Darrow. I was on, a, on an off-the-ball panel with Gavin last night, and I thought he was quite sweet on the horse, that he hasn't been a good place. He would have the assistance of um, Keith Dunahoo, except he's what, four pounds higher for that fall at Leopardstown at Christmas rather than maybe eight pounds higher. Um, so he, he's not in the territory of being able to, Keith can't do the ride, so he's riding final orders. Instead, Sean Flanagan rides him. Um, I thought he jumped, his jumping wasn't great at Fairy House. I actually backed him to finish place at Fairy House. Um, and in fairness, he, he did stay on well and beat Firm Footings readily. Firm Footings obviously behind Marine National um, previously. He beat him by seven links. Um, I thought at times he could have jumped better, but that run at Leopardstown as a as a kind of um, a prep for this was pretty perfect. And I think Keith felt himself that he'd love to have the ride back. That's not the case here, but only four pounds higher. 
I'd have him each way. I think I think he's going to run a big race. Um, and even at four to one, I'd be happy enough to back him each way. I have to say, I found this race difficult. Emma, you know, with Medora coming over as well, rare British runner, mm. um, and a lot of horses that don't necessarily seem to have much in hand. Um, but Pat Doro, who is so well regarded as a as a hurdler, he's probably gotten some scope of one three six. Yeah, he was kind of coming with a winning winning <laughs> run, I suppose, when he fell at Leopardstown that time as well. So, yeah, he, he might be one that's hard to oppose. You mentioned Madara, then we might talk about, a little bit later about British runners. I think it's only two over the weekend. Um, Him being one for Sophie Leach, a little bit disappointing, I suppose, but... um. Especially, I suppose, in the handicaps. Like, you can you can kind of make a case for them not coming over for the grade one races because who would you really add to it apart from maybe Constitution Hill who would come over with a winning chance? But I'd, I'd like to see a few more English challengers in the handicaps, but we might talk about that a little bit later on. We'll go on to the bumper there, the future stars bumper. Um, In name, maybe more so than nature, a dream to share and redemption day kind of head in the market. Um, Two horses who won their bumpers in 2021 and 2022. So not exactly future stars, but I suppose it's nice to see the champion bumper horse back out again. Yeah, like Vinny has spoken about this on the on, on the Monday show. Obviously, um, it is it's it's kind of whatever about the future, um, the sort of future stars aspect of it. A dream sure he's still only six, but um, went down to the bottom of the card. Redemption Day's first bumper was in twenty twenty one, um, so it's kind of mad that he's like the the odds of these two horses running, um. I mean, in in a in a bumper here, it's just a kind of an aspect of of I suppose the prize money and offer, and I, I'm not exactly sure what um what's the story with the dream share. It's kind of hard to really know what his real issues have been, and um, maybe it's been a schooling issue. I didn't get strong vibes of connections generally throughout the year that all was all that well. So I I I I'd be keeping an eye on the market here, but I couldn't back him at eleven to ten. Um, on form he should win, but he's taking on good promising horses here, um. Maybe Jeroboam Mashan would be my selection, Emma. Like he, he's obviously for Paul Byrne and Emmett Mullins, but he beat DB Cooper, who's a very well regarded horse at Fairy House 71 days ago. Um, seems to be a horse that doesn't necessarily show a lot at home, but that was a good performance. And I could see him run well and might have a small bet each way on him, but I'd be against the favourite in light of um, the difficulties he's seemingly had this year. Yeah, I'd actually agree with you on that note, to be honest. Um, like a dream to show, you'd imagine he'd be odds on maybe if everything was was going as well as it should be come up to this, but you just have to have questions like when he's missed a couple of intended hurdle starts, they're not going to go hurdling now, staying in bumpers, um, just probably a few question marks about him. Like at his best, you'd imagine he'd be a long odds on shot for this, like considering Cheltenham bumper winner and that. But yeah, Gerald Wamashan, one that I liked as well. I think, um, yeah, that DB Cooper bumper form, I think was strong. And yeah, it could be 16 to one, probably a nice each way price anyway for it. But interesting to see how the JP horse comes back, I suppose. We'll, we'll, we'll drive on to Sunday anyway. Um, First race of the day, Big Mare's handicap hurdle. Um, any fancy here? Like, obviously, it's uh, named after Paddy Mullins. And um, if I'm right in saying, yeah, Willie only has one runner in the race, which is is a little bit surprising. I don't know if that implies a lot of confidence in Risk Bell. Um, yeah, but she'd be, she'd be my tentative selection. She obviously was well fancied in the race last year when she fell. Didn't really get the trip the last day here. That was two and a half miles behind your t- Tara wasn't exactly a bad run. She was still 38 favourites. Getting a far bigger price here. Not many of these make a great deal of appeal to me. Um, I would give a mention to Sam Curling's horse down at the bottom, considering um, her lack of experience idle. She was quite well back to punch down and did it pretty well. Uh, has some upsides as a bumper winner as well. Should have enjoyed this ground. So I'd probably have a save on her as well as Wispel and um, small stakes. 
Yeah, interesting. I'm going to quick mention just for Broomfield Bijou for for the Dempsey team. First time cheek pieces. I think she's a talented mare. She won Punchtown Festival there, I think, last year. Um, might be more to come from her 14 to 1. I just think doesn't look a bad price about her. So I might take a small each way chance on her as well. But we went to the 110. Um, probably one of the most exciting races of the weekend. We were kind of mentioning it earlier. Like only two, only two trainers represented. But in fairness to Willie Mullins, like you'd say maybe a trainer dominating the sport as much as him like he does make some great races like seeing fact to file and gaelic warrior face off and glenn's grange claire west running there as well um brilliant race gaelic warrior 10 to 11 favorite look he's been faultless i suppose over fences so far but fact to file is probably a horse with i suppose Willie talked about him earlier in the year as the horse he was most looking forward to seeing this season so like that kind of speaks for itself um are you with Gaelic Warrior? I know you've spoken about um, your admiration for him in the past. Yeah, like uh, you, you kind of alluded to it here. You know, if, if the BHA had brought in that rule where you're banning trainers from certain runners, Willie Mullins isn't the problem. It's owners that are the problem. When when a certain owner might have four or five in a race and you don't know what to expect, Willie Mullins is not a problem. I don't have any issue with these horses running here and the way that they'll be campaigned. And even though you've the same owner with three horses, you've three or the same trainer, you've three powerhouse owners um, with, with three if not potential superstars, potential grade one winners anyway, and uh, it makes it fascinating. So I, 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 I'm really looking forward to the race. Obviously, found a fifty double entered, so that might cut it up. Um, and what'll uh, what'll Patrick Mullins do when he's coming to the last trying to take on Gaelic Warrior? Will he go left or right of Paul Townend? Because I don't, I don't know where Paul Townend is going to be because like this horse does jump right, Emma. You know yourself, and Leopardstown isn't quite Cheltenham, but it 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 mightn't be that straightforward. It has won it. You know, hasn't won at Cheltenham, hasn't won at Leopardstown, but just just with that slight caveat, um, I think Patrick's mount here is very interesting. Grains Clear West, Smash Corbett's cross at Christmas. That was very, very good form. Um, and actually Paul Town into quite a wide course that day. So he was value for value for the winning margin, very much six lengths. And um I'd have him at the prices. I think it'll I think he's well capable of giving it giving it a good shot anyway for all that. Um, in run is going to be big here because it is to the extent that Gaelic Warrior jumps. Gaelic Warrior will lose this, will win this race if, if he doesn't jump to the right, but he will jump to the right, and it's what extent that he will. And this will have a big bearing, I think, on whether or not to even go to Cheltenham because if he's markedly out to the right, it's going to be a problem. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a great point, I suppose, to any Gaelic Warrior anti post backers because. You know, going going that direction, um, see, like as he's, maybe he's matured a bit, um, as he's gotten older, jumping fences, maybe he'll find it a bit easier going that way. Not sure, kind of hard to back him at those prices though, considering like just the talent he's up against, like you mentioned, Grange Clare West. Kind of maybe a little bit disappointing as an average hurdler, but gone from strength to strength over fences. To be fair, beating Corbett's Cross twice is no um, mean feat. So yeah, really exciting one. I'd probably maybe take a chance with Factor Foyle if I was going to have a bet in this one, to be honest. Um, just kind of the esteem that Willie holds him in. He was brilliant as well at Leopardstown. Manelka Kuna came out and boosted that form as well afterwards. I know they missed a few fences and things like that, but he looks like a, a solid jumper. Um, I think if there's any kind of, uh, if there's any jinx in Gaelic Warriors armour, he might be able to expose that. So look, look, really looking forward to that race anyway. Some real top class novice, novice chasers coming out. The 140 then is another grade one race. Two mile uh, novice hurdle. Um, Ballyburn, I, probably looking like the most likely number one for Willie Mullins in the Supreme at the moment. But plenty in here with good chances. Farron Glory's a horse I like. Um, Slade Steel for Henry de Bromhead. Maybe a trip might be a little bit sharp for him. Are you kind of on the Ballyburn train? He's too short, Em, and might deserve to be favourite. And whatever Paul Townend is going to ride here will be favourite. But 
you know, he beat Cletus Poulot uh, by 25 lengths, but like that was over two and a half. And Daddy Longlegs beat the same horse who won subsequently by 13 lengths at Thurlis. Um, I would 100% put a line through the run the last day again, as I mentioned with the juvenile earlier. Awful, awful ground for a horse by Almanzor. Um, wouldn't have been in on paper, would have looked a problem. Um, now he was easy to back on the day against Caldwell Potter, but he was still sort of the market first. He was still the Paul Townend's choice against um, Predators Golds, you know finish second but Paul probably would have had the choice there looked exceptionally good at Thurlis and he's 12 to 1 here on the back of a run I think he can put a line through if he hadn't won that race he'd be more like a 4 or 5 to 1 chance um, Facile mode isn't without a squeaky tray as well like I think the ground probably found him out the last day he didn't run badly behind Farron Glory in the Royal Bonds and um, travelled well until the ground caught him the last day he likes Leopardstown um, so I'd be having a sneaky Euro or 2 each way on him but I do like Daddy Longlegs under Patrick each way yeah, I was a fan of that Daddy Longlegs as well after that Torless victory. Like you'd have to really put a line through that Leopardstown one that you have to just like it just wasn't even running, you'd have to say. Um I don't know what I'd be having a bet in this one myself though. Ballyburn, look, he's got all the potential, but I couldn't I definitely couldn't back him at that price. Farron Glory is a very interesting horse. I'm just looking forward to seeing how he kind of runs. Um, like I suppose winning his clan medal maiden there over two and a half miles in, in November. Like it's not really the where you'd think a supreme a supreme novice winner might come from, but he's gone from strength to strength since, in fairness. Like he won the, the Royal Bond in Fairy House afterwards, went on, fell when he looked like he was gonna win another grade one in entry. Um really uncomplicated kind of horse. Whether he's gonna be classy enough for a supreme, not totally sure. Slade Steel big fan of him as well but I'd, I'd probably have him more 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 of a Ballymore horse to be honest so Trip, yeah. might be um exposed by classier arrivals here but yeah real point just towards the supreme there again day long legs will be an interesting one around 10 or 10 or 12 to 1 Two ten then Labrooks or Labrooks Dublin Chase. Sorry, Grade One, two mile one. One last year, I think by Gentleman to me yeah, was um different kind of contest this year. El Fabiolo looks probably very hard to beat, I'd say. Yeah, it's like probably one of those for the treble of the weekend. Yeah, you mentioned Gentleman to me winning the race last year. I think that was the that was the time that my sort of Blue Lord. Uh, yeah, my Blue Lord Cheltenham dream died when he was beating seven links in the race. Um, Saan Ra, um, he's a horse that might be aimed at the Grand Annual or something like that. Keep an eye out for him here um, for all that he's kind of become a bit disappointing. I could Maybe Captain Guinness in the forecast bet, like he's rated three pounds higher than Dino Blue. The race was completely set up for her the last day. Captain Guinness had an issue um, here at Christmas and on his day on this better ground, he's well capable of finishing second here. So at a push, El Fabiolo, he makes the odd mistake, which is a bit of a concern, but that'll be my forecast bet. Um, El Fabiolo into um, the short price treble with um, sort of the other two horses maybe uh, wouldn't be a bad play. Marine Nationale and uh, Imperial Passy kind of be my maybe a, a little treble for the weekend that could give you an interest. But um, as much as he makes mistakes, he never really looks like falling. No, he doesn't. He's um, fairly rock solid, I'd say, and won't be till next year when Marine National maybe steps up that we'll see a real challenger to him. I'd say I can't see John Bond giving him a question even at Cheltenham. I'm a fan of Dino Blue, to be honest. I'd say she could probably follow him home, but um, yeah, I wouldn't have any strong opinions other than the fact that El Fabiolo is probably going to win this by some distance, I'd imagine. He kind of announced himself on the scene here last year, wasn't in the, in the two-mile novice race. It was kind of Willie had a, a few kind of exciting two mile novices, but he he blew them away. I think under Daryl Jacobs. So yeah, he's gone from strength to strength since, and I can't I can't see um any issues from at the weekend. But the next race then the Irish Champion Hurdle. Um, Stateman, look, he, in fairness, he's faultless. Kind of hard to oppose him here. Maybe tactics wise, in Perry passed like he was kind of held in behind Stateman last time. 
we know he stays two and a half miles. Do you think they might press on and maybe try and make it a stamina test here? Yeah, like tactics are probably the most interesting um, aspect of the race going into it because I don't really see how Stateman is beaten. This is obviously a race Constitution Hill should be running in 112 grand to the winner. He's he's had an egg and spoon race all year and he's going to Cheltenham throwing away you know races like this where he'd be an absolute um, star attraction for race scores when we need to promote racing. Um, and I, I think he should be here. And in fairness, Stateman, he's rated 167. He'd probably be rated higher if Constitution Hill weren't around because his form had almost looked that much better. And he's kind of hammering everything else. Such a straightforward manner of, of a ride. Um, if you're in Perry Passy, I imagine you probably have to ride the horse a bit more forward. Don't do him for pace. You know, he's was his best form is over two and a half when he won the Ballymore last year. But he's not really going to do Stateman for toe. He could do it at Christmas. Um, so maybe Daryl Jacob will sort of ride a bit of a cat and mouse race, cat and mouse a mouse race, and you know I don't think there'll be any team tactics going on here. Uh, Daryl is riding for his owner, um, Danny Mullins riding Echoes and Raina Goodhorse in her day. She will have to be held up, um, and then obviously you have the the two uh, other runners, Fielder Darius, who could be ridden forward, and Bob Bollinger, who's dropping back in trip. So it's actually an interesting enough race. Again, you're talking about what'll uh, run Stateman to the line. Um, he's a very, very hard horse to pick any sort of a hole in for all that he's not Constitution Hill. He is not Constitution Hill, but he is very good in fairness. Um, yeah, I, I'd love to see Constitution Hill over here as well. It's just a pity. Like the, I think there's only two English runners over the the two days, which is just a bit mad. Like considering the prize money and offer and stuff like that. But just kind of a word to Bob Ollinger. Um, kind of maybe a hard horse to place. Uh, do you think he could put up any kind of realistic challenge here? Like he was a horse that was held in such high regard, and like it's funny, Emma. Your was your concept of horses disappointing or all of that. Like, and maybe this goes back to the bubble being burst at Cheltenham when he clearly didn't perform behind Galloping Deschamps that day, albeit in victory. But like he's won, he he he'd won point to point. He won that. He'd won bumper. He won that. He'd four goes over fences. He won three of them, and over hurdles he won five from nine. And in fairness, he beat Zana here and Belassi. He. I thought he looked good when he beat Marie's Rock. You know, Rachel wasn't really sort of overly hard on him. Um, I'd imagine he's a horse that hasn't been entirely straightforward um, physically. Um, and this will be really interesting. I'd half love to see him actually win this just to see him come back because, I, I, I you know, it's so much regard for him going into Cheltenham and he was the great white hope. But he adds so much to this race. I really do think he does. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if he was one, if he were one of the last off the bridle for all that. State man at times looks like he's in a race and then he just wins. And I think that'll be the case here. Yeah, he's 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 so he's so reliable, statement, I suppose. Um, it's kind of hard to gauge how good he is just because he's getting beat by 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 a horse like Constitution Hill. But it'd be nice to see him against maybe horses from a different generation because there is kind of a lack in depth in the two mile division at the moment. Um, yeah, it's it's a bit of a pity, but look, uh, not much we can do about it now, I suppose. We've gone through all the Grade One races there anyway. Look. Kind of one out of time a small bit. We've got um the three twenty, the three fifty, and the bumper. Anything else in particular there that you want to give a mention to that you fancy? Yeah, the three twenty with with extra places. James De Burley, he's rock solid here for Paul Townend. He didn't quite get home behind Meeting of the Waters, who reopposes at Christmas, but um it was kind of the last horse nearly off the bridle, bar him. He's got up a pound, I think. Um I think he's quite solid. It's not unlike me to like horses maybe more in the handicaps because 
you know, you're getting each way sort of value instead of backing short price favourites. And um, my bet of, I think the entire weekend would be Attaboy Charlie in the 350. It's well worth watching his run the last day if you didn't see him. Like he was way, he was very wide. JJ rode him um, very wide coming around the bend, just kind of keeping him out of trouble. But for a horse with no handicap experience to win a 23 runner race like that, not on back, a hell of a performance. Eddie Cawley's had a great season. He was saying how it was kind of like a dream to have a winner at Leperstown on Christmas afterwards. Um, I think he's doing his training ability a disservice here because he's well able to train. This horse must have been aimed for this since up 12 pounds. I've no issue with that. Um, finished second to Watford Whispers on his debut with no experience at all. Watford Whispers had already run. That looks very solid now as well. I love this horse's chance. Intrigued to see what JJ does with him because maybe he'll be able to ride him with a bit more... Um, take a bit few more chances this time with the experience that he has um, but there's always that angle of whether you go for the better ground whether you're going to stay out of trouble and if you go up the inner at Leopardstown you can be a prisoner to fortune the, the bumper I have to say I, I've no real opinion on it um, Fleur de Fusil's price has come in but Aurora Vega is going to make it interesting yeah look I had a voice and he's probably the one that jumps out I suppose when you're looking through that race to be fair like winning winning a big handicap like that on, on handicap debut was uh, nothing but eye catching so he'd be your nap of the weekend you'd say he would indeed yeah I'd say my nap of the weekend is probably fine margin, I'd say, in that handicap hurdle on the Saturday. I just think Brian Hayes in these kind of races is just brilliant as well. Um, he looks like a horse with a really, just a really interesting profile. I thought that run last time was brilliant as well. So he Not would a 50 be... 50 to 1 double, Emma. That would be a 50 to 1 double if we land it. Um, we, will take, we will take gifts. You can email them to the office uh, if, if that double comes in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but are you, are you heading to, to Leperstown and Johnny? No, I'm actually away this weekend. Um, it's my girlfriend's birthday, and um, I'm gonna somehow be able to watch all the races here. So I'm in, I'm in a in a good racing hotel. Actually, I believe you've been here before, where they play the Derby winners uh, over the Tannoy and all that. So I'm sure I won't be the only one watching the racing. But um, yeah, if you're there, enjoy it. It's a cracking meeting. Fantastic. You'll, you'll have a great view of it there. So um, anyone listening as well, if you're having a bet, make sure to gamble responsibly. Hope you enjoyed the show and we'll be back on Monday to review all the all the great action over the weekend. So thanks for tuning in.